Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. The exterior paint was melting. It was literally a dumpster fire. <laughs> My father and I joined the small crowd and watched the firemen do their job. As the adults shared theories about how something like this could happen, I was sure someone would see my heart beating underneath my Buster Brown T-shirt. Eventually, the fire was extinguished, and my father turned to me and said, Hey, since we're already out, do you want to walk over to Baskin-Robbins and have some ice cream? Love to, I answered. I learned a valuable lesson that day. Stay calm and admit nothing. (laughs) The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. The wit and wisdom of Greg Garcia on display. All right. uh, We are going to get Greg Cody today. We didn't get him yesterday. We think we're going to get him today. If we don't get him today, he's dead to us forever. But we think we're going to get him today. Yes. Um, Anything new on Tiger? No, not that I've tracked in the last 12 hours. Okay, so he he played 18. I, I assume he's still icing the body down. We'll see where it goes from okay. here. Okay, so so he didn't go out and play again or anything like that? I i don't know. I, I'm sort okay. of waiting for the Charlie updates. Okay. The best okay. is I saw this great meme about like just a nervous kid waiting at school, waiting for, like, what'd you do at spring break? And in his mind, he just has visions of walking Amen Corner with his dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, there's two stories that I think are worth talking about a little bit. One is the way the United States of America soccer people are celebrating losing and being shut out by Costa Rica two to nothing. They're celebrating because they get into the World Cup. They would have had to lose by six to not get into the World Cup now. Then they still would have had a playoff opportunity against either New Zealand or the Solomon Islands. And if you can't beat the Solomon Islands, I mean, what are you talking about, honestly? Do you know the population of the Solomon Islands? I can't think it's very much. It's 650,000. You think everybody plays soccer because they don't. So if the United States can't beat the Solomon Islands, they not only don't deserve to be in the World Cup, they don't deserve to play soccer. But I would have wanted to watch that, play a little nervous. Yeah. (laughs) But this massive celebration about getting into the World Cup by losing, we never beat Costa Rica. We never beat them. The last time we played them in something important, they hung four on us, and it was four nothing. This was two nothing. We didn't score. We didn't score. And we're celebrating getting into the World Cup backdooring into the World Cup. Yeah, you could celebrate a tie in Mexico, but I don't understand the celebration of a loss in Costa Rica. Well, I guess it's because your lot didn't make it into the World Cup last go-round, right? That's right. So We're never going to miss again because they've expanded to 400 countries. Right. You know, But you, did you see what happened to Italy? I think it was a week ago. Yes, they got knocked out by North Macedonia. <laughs> right. And then Portugal knocked out North Macedonia. And you'd say, Tony, you don't know anything about soccer. Why do you know this? Because we do it on PTI. We mention it. Yeah. So I just, I don't think... How I'm, early did they get the banner? Hmm? How early did they get the banner that they went through? Wasn't that the issue that they got this like... Yes, they said qualify. Qualify. When they hadn't qualified. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like Tracy McGrady. It's so great to be in the second round, except you're not in the second round. <laughs> except you didn't ever make the second round when you were a good player. Mm-hmm. You got on San Antonio, you were the 15th guy, you made the second and the third round. But you never took your team to the second round, ever. And you weren't qualified. And this country wasn't qualified. Do you think anyone in the locker room was like, maybe we should wait to un- unroll that banner? I don't know that they knew what it was. Because I, uh, what I was you're told surprised? was when Polisic saw it, he said, get that down. I'm sure he Get did. that down. Yes. Because it's not true. Anyway, the other story that I want to talk about. Today is March 31st. I believe the official start of the baseball season is April 6th or April 7th. 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 April 7th. So that's what? That's eight days. That's eight days away. Eight days away... From the start of the season, you should be fine-tuning. You should be fine-tuning. You should know who's on your team, and you should be fine-tuning. 
I'm going to talk about the Washington Nationals for a little while here. The Washington Nationals, for reasons that I cannot figure out, have brought back Annabelle Sanchez. He was a very good fourth or fifth starter for a number of years here, including on the World Series team. Yeah, do you remember that NLCS start? Yeah, but I remember that he was good. It was also three years ago. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't pitched in a while. Don't think he's pitched since 2020. If you look at the calendar, it's not 2020 anymore. It's 2022. Annabelle Sanchez yesterday went four innings through 89 pitches. Allowed 12 hits, 10 runs, 10 earned. 10 earned. 10 earned. What? Yeah, 10 earned. Later in the game, somebody who is described as the top prospect on the team. In a story by Jesse Doherty, top prospect, top from there, top prospect Cade Cavalli then appeared in relief, which began with Yadier Molina beating him on an 0-2, two-run homer to left. From there, Cavalli logged a clean seventh and then had the eighth spiral on him. Okay. <laughs> spiral. That prepares you for what happened in the eighth inning. No, no nothing can prepare for this. <laughs> a mix of no, no. poor defense, soft hits, and hard contact, contact spiked his pitch count. Eight batters reached before he logged an out. Before he logged an out. Once he did, he lost a high fastball and hit the Cardinals' Juan Yepes in the cheek. Ending Cavalli's afternoon. The righty finished at 59 pitches in two and a third innings. He was charged with 11 runs, 10 earned. Is there a pattern here? 10 earned. Two pitchers for the Nats, who presumably are on the squad, gave up 10 earned each. The Nats lost the game 29 to 8. I forgive you if you think it's a football score. 29 to 8. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. What are we even doing out here, man? The worst is when Sanchez 29 is to 8. The game still feels like it's in hand. You're like, okay. When I saw that, when I saw that eighth inning, I was wondering. Did they do one of those things they do in spring training where they're like, we're going to play four outs here because we want to try some situational things with bases loaded, and we're going to try and you know force an out here or there. No, they're just playing Little League Baseball. 29 to <laughs> Minus 8, the they mercy lost. rule. Yeah. They're 1 and 10 in the exhibition season. Their manager at the moment, Davey Martinez, was asked about this. Is it a big deal to you? He shot back to a reporter Wednesday morning when the Nationals were still 1 and 9. No. My big concern is making sure that everybody's ready. That's the goal in spring training. What I do want, and which I made clear already, is that our defense has to be spot on. Sure, because if you're going to give up 29, <laughs> you got to make sure you earn them. Our offense will come, but we got to run the bases right, and we got to play defense well every day. I would tell you that pitching counts as defense. Sure. That's part of the defense. When you're on the field with nine guys, you're playing defense. 29, a 1-10 record, but as was pointed out to me by our great friend Chuck Todd, the good news is Strasburg had a good bullpen session. <laughs> well, you know. Not that he's going to be ready for opening day, because he's not. But the Orchid had a good bullpen what, what session. What hurts the most is right after this game, I'm, of course, online at the MLB shop getting a new City Connect uh, t-shirt for Little Bootsy. Uh, 
you know, youth size small Juan Soto shirt to celebrate the remaining years on his on his time in DC. He's got three years left on his contract, right? Maybe the, maybe he'll ask to get out early. <laughs> you know, get a hall pass and just get out early. So that, so that doesn't lend a lot. It's going to start. It's, it's going to start in a week. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, they got nothing. You, you, the only thing you can think. By the way, their lineup has their offensive lineup has nothing either. Josh Bell started. It has it. Bell. It has the DH. Who's Cruz. the DH? Nelson Cruz, right. and Scott Soto, and everybody else is who are they? It's the, who are they? The good news for you is it's going to be must-watch TV to see what the rest of the NL East does against this pitching staff and what their lineups do. Phillies are going to put up some runs. Phillies are going to be tough because they got Schwarber this year as well, right? They got Schwarber the and Braves Cassavales. are going to be tough. Yeah, Braves. Are I understand tough. the Braves lost Freddie Freeman. They brought in Matt Olson. Yeah, he had yeah. thirty-nine homers and one hundred eleven RBI and a nine eleven OPS. That's actually better than Freeman's numbers. Yeah. I think it's terrible they lost Freddie Freeman, but they didn't bring in a rum dumb. By the way, have you watched any spring training games with, with Freeman in that Dodgers blue? No, he looks great. That looks bit. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. yeah but They're going to hit. They're going to hit a ton. Dodgers are going to hit. Although, yes. Cody. Cody Bellinger, something happened to him. It's like he's done. He was the MVP two years ago. Sure. Last year, he batted 159. At one point this year in spring training, he had struck out 13 out of 19 at-bats. There's something wrong. And who knows what? I don't know what it is. But there's something wrong there. Yeah, that's... But anyway, the Nats gave up 29. Two guys gave up 10 each. Earned. <laughs> Earned. 10 each. Eventually, you, you would hit it to a, to a position player and, and record sitting it out. There. That's just... Yeah. You know. The only thing you can think is... Okay, well, it's just spring training. You know, we've seen teams have miserable spring trainings, yes. and then and then things turn around. Yes, I know it doesn't look bright right now. No, but it's the no, only it thing. doesn't look bright. No, but we got that extra. We got that extra wild card. Well, there you go. Yeah, so there's that. Do you think they're going to contend for a wild card the way they look now? Absolutely not. No, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. No. Now all around, all around the country, most people are optimistic. Spring is a time of renewal and optimism. Beginning of baseball yes. season is a time of optimism. Yes. Not here. No, probably not, here. Probably not 40 minutes north it. either. I don't, think, I don't think the Orioles. Oh, the Orioles. Yeah, I don't think they're excited either. No. Well, the Orioles need a regime change. They I, I, am excited to take, I am excited to take the boys to a ball game on my own. Yes, I think it's great. I've yeah. been walking Bootsy on from school, and just to, to let him wander and talk is amazing. Would you like me to take him and I go to the press box and leave him yeah. in the stands? Pick, bring, 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 him back, yeah, bring him back a half a cup of orange soda. <laughs> and a half a hot And dog. I wonder where you've been. And just say, meet me at the player's entrance. No, Dad, they don't let me in the player's entrance. <laughs> yeah, they should. We'll take a break. <laughs> Greg Cody, we think. Yes, we, we hope. think. We will hope. join us. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts this is the tony kornheiser show he's going to the final four for the 13th time krz yze wski Played point guard for West Point under Bobby Knight. KRZ, YZE, WSKI. Like Al Capone and Wilbon, 
a Chicago guy. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Coach K is easier to say than all those Z's and Y's. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. That's the way to spell Shushevsky no lie. <laughs> How do you make a Tar Heel? Break down and cry. K R Z Y Z E W S K I. Three times he coached Olympics and three times gold his prize. K R Z Y Z E W S K I. Hill and Leitner, Hurley, Batty, A, his kind of guys. K R Z Y Z E W S K I. He's won five titles. Will he win a sixth? He's gonna try. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I That's the way you spell Shushevsky no lie That's the way you spell Shushevsky no lie The brilliant Dan Byrne. Brilliant, who writes, I'm sorry this isn't a song about cottage cheese, but hopefully you will like it anyway. Brilliant. Plays in Greg Cody of the Miami Herald. There's a thousand things to talk about in Miami. I was going to start with the basketball and the collapse of the Miami Heat and the more interesting thing, the near fight between the coach and the star player. But then they won, right? Have you now won two in a row? So yeah. are we past the crisis? Is the crisis yeah. over? That's right. The, uh, the There's an, an all-is-well calm has settled over South Florida as uh, as the four-game losing streak recedes. Uh, they've won a couple in a row. Last night was a big win in Boston. And um, it yeah. was, as Folster as said after the game, it really did have a playoff feel to it. There were nine ties, 16 lead changes. It's uh, it's probably the, the second best team in the conference right now. So it, it had a big feel to it. And, and that was uh, that was a nice win for the Heat after a tough recent spell. So are, have they made up? Are Spolstra and Butler, are they good now? I mean, you don't often see a coach want to fight his best player. It was unbelievable. It was, uh, and then when Spolstra literally threw his clipboard, I mean, it was something you just don't see. I had never seen anything quite like it on a heat sideline involving just the team. You know, it almost reminded me of those brouhaha's with the New York Knicks back in the 90s where uh, Jeff Van Gundy is pulling it Alonzo Mourning's leg in a, in a scuffle. But in this case, um, yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. And, and I think they have made up, you know, they, they, they pass that off to heat culture to a team wanting to win so much that these things happen. You know, that, that, that was the spin within the team. And, and I think they have sort of put it aside a little bit, you know, Tony, um, Pat Riley's always been a guy who, who liked, turmoil to a certain degree and, and is convinced that uh, a little infighting uh, just steals you and, um, and, and helps your overall uh, team makeup. So I think this was pretty much in keeping with uh, what the Heat really don't mind happening. So has Riley publicly weighed in on this at all, or has he remained silent and you're, and you're sort of figuring out who he has been for a while? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, no. He over the years, I spoke to I spoke to Riley uh, for a column I did on Spolstra um, just a week or two ago, and mm-hmm. before this happened, before the Butler thing happened, and and he was telling me an anecdote about the first time that he knew 
um, Eric Spolstra was his guy, uh, was when unannounced, he put Spolstra in front of the team um, to go over the game film. And previously, Riley had done all of that. And Spolstra was just the video guy, uh, a low-ranking assistant coach. And all of a sudden, Spolstra's sitting in front of this team of, of all-stars. Um, uh, and, and that was the moment when uh, Spolstra either had to fly or, or wither. And so mm-hmm. that's the kind of test that Riley uh, likes his team to go through. So let me get to Jimmy Butler for a second. And I bring this up because of Wilbon, because Wilbon loves Jimmy Butler, because Jimmy Butler spent time in Chicago. Anybody who's ever spent time in Chicago, Wilbon loves. But Butler strikes me as he, as he wanders around the league, Greg, as he wanders around the league, he strikes me as a very combustible guy, as is Draymond Green. But Draymond Green has three rings. Jimmy Butler ain't got no rings, as we say in the commercials. Um, is Jimmy Butler destructive? Do, do, do the people in South Florida side with Butler or Spolstra if they have to make a choice? Oh, gosh. Um, that's difficult to say because Butler's an immensely popular player and, and Spolstra's, uh, he could not be any more respected or popular as a yeah. coach. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know that a fan would want to make that decision. I know that, you know, Butler plays with a chip on his shoulder and plays with an attitude. And, and some of that is that um, he, he probably feels like his resume has been denied a ring, that, that that's what he really needs to get. Um, mm-hmm. But if he didn't play with that, chip and that attitude he wouldn't be jimmy butler you know that's part of uh, that's part of his fuel for sure okay all right we'll leave that because they've won a couple of games and when you go to boston and beat boston that is a big deal win boston at one point had won 24 or 28 recently let me get yeah. to tyree kill going to the dolphins which was a stunner to me i mean, i got had to be a stunner to you too you know i mean there's a million draft picks that are involved in this I guess yeah. long term, maybe that's too high a price, but short term, you got to be thinking, wow, we had pretty good receivers. Now we've got a great receiver, right? That's got to be exciting. It was a stunning move and one that happened really, really quickly. Uh, all of a sudden, the Chiefs are giving Tyreek Hill permission to, um, to look into a trade, and the next minute you hear that the Dolphins and the Jets are the two teams after him the most. And right after that, the Dolphins are introducing him. It, it was crazy fast and unexpected, very undolphin-like for them to go all in to this degree, to this financial degree and this commitment degree. I think it was a great trade, and, and the reason is that, you know, the first-round pick was a 29th overall, which is closer to a second-round pick. You know, yep. it, it's pretty rare that, that you get a real impact guy 29th in the draft. So. You know, I think it was a great trade for Miami. It was a win-now trade. It was one that uh, told fans, you know, this is um, this is Tua Tungabailoa's last shot. We're giving him all we can. And keep in mind, they also signed uh, tackle Taron Armstead, who was ESPN's number one rated overall free agent at any position. So uh, they've had a great offseason. They had a really good one even before Tyreek Hill. And now they are all in this season and, and it's winter bus for Tua. Well, that's what I wanted to get to. Gasecki is a very good receiver. Waddle is a very good receiver. Yep. This guy is a great receiver. Tua has not proven he can throw the ball down the field. He has not proven that yet. That's why these rumors about Tom Brady wanting to go to the Miami Dolphins, and now that Arians is gone, maybe there's something to this that I'm unaware of. But what are your thoughts about Tua? 
I mean, you know, it was supposedly tanked for Tua, but he he hasn't been that good. Been okay, hasn't been yeah. that good. Right, he's he's been okay. That's the thing is that entering year three, I don't think there's enough evidence to really believe in him or to say he's a bust. We got to move on. I think it's that it's right. that uh, right. great. Um, but you know, this is the year they have to find out. And the the arm strength thing is a is a real thing. I mean, you know, the joke is uh, Tua better get rid of the ball and throw it as hard as he can as soon as he uh, gets the the snap because. Tyreek Hill and is already going to be 40 yards downfield. But um, in, in, in mentioning his weapons, by the way, uh, you might include Devontae Parker, who made the Pro Bowl just two seasons ago. So uh, he definitely has the weapons. You know, the, the short passes um, were partly by design. They were partly because the Dolphins' offensive line was so bad, uh, he just had to throw the quick slant right. uh, not to be sacked. Now, theoretically, with an improved offensive line, he's going to have that extra all-important second in the pocket. So I do think you're going to see him uh, take advantage, an offense that's going to take advantage of Tyreek Hill's deep threat. Well, that's the, the, the critical factor here with speed is can your quarterback get it down the field? Baker Mayfield has no job because when Odell Beckham Jr. went down the field, he couldn't get it to him. I think I'm right on this, Greg. Tua will yeah. have no job if when Tyreek Hill goes down the field, he can't get it to him. That's yeah, you know yeah, that's, I agree. that's the whole big deal. Yeah, you know the the litmus test for Tua is going to be if Tyreek Hill's phenomenal six year uh, stats sort of take a big dip. If all of a sudden he's you know it's yeah. late in the season and he's got forty nine catches for six hundred and twenty yards and four TDs, that ain't going to cut it. You know, and they're going to blame Tua for that. They're not going to blame Tyreek Hill, who's got the track record. So that's right. Uh, that's right. And keep in mind, the other guy, Jalen Waddle, uh, had over a hundred catches as a rookie. So these two guys uh, have to be fed the ball and fed it a lot because people are going to be looking at their stats as a barometer on Tua. No question about it. This is a this is an all or nothing season for Tua. They're either convinced after this season that he's the right guy, or they're moving on from him. So one other question. Well, it's more than one, but it's because it's a large question. Last time we talked, Brian Flores had just sued, um, brought a class action lawsuit charging racism in the hiring of head coaches with the league. Since then, he has been hired as an assistant by Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody believes that Brian Flores is a bad coach. I think right. he's a good coach, and they think that's a steal. What is the status of that lawsuit, and would it be in any way affected by Brian Flores getting a job? Um, it, it can't help his case, let's be honest with you, and, and neither can the fact that uh, uh, Bruce Arians' replacement in Tampa is Todd Bowles, uh, a man right. of color. That's right. Um, right. You know, that was a lawsuit that was going to be very difficult to prove, either with the NFL or in court. I think what the class action suit was intended to do all along was just to put this in a headline, put this out front, get people like you and I talking about it, uh, get Roger Goodell thinking about it. Uh, I think that's all that, uh, that was really ever truly intended, uh, maybe to beef up the Rooney rule, to put some teeth in it. And we've Which they've done. Which yeah, they've done. we've already seen evidence of that. So, you know, you could argue already that the lawsuit has succeeded in a way. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, it, sure. may, it may not it, succeed for Brian Flores and his claim, 
Although I think he'll probably get a head coaching job down the road because I think he's really good and his record in Miami was really good. But right. it has already had immediate impact, I think. It has. It has. And the, the bigger part of that suit from a Miami perspective, of course, is the, uh, the, the combustible allegation against the tanking. Stephen Ross, the owner. Yeah. And that's, yep. that's something the NFL is still investigating, which really overshadows uh, everything happening on the field with this franchise. You know, the, the Dolphins are doing great things on the field. Fans are thrilled down here because of Tyreek Hill. But what overshadows and implicates Ross is pretty damn huge. Yeah, we'll see. They, they, they assigned someone to investigate it. I, you know, I don't know how, how much fervor they'll have to investigate it. I really don't. But at least nominally, it's like with the Washington team. Not a lot of fervor to investigate it, or else you'd have come up with something a little bit better than that. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime, Tony. Greg Cody, boys and girls, Miami Herald. We will take a break. Jason Lock and Four. We're going to stay with football because football drives the bus. <laughs> yes. Okay? It's not late season NBA games. Football drives the bus all year round. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Norwegian Soft Kitten. I heard this played the other night as Sean was putting together the music. It's a very long instrumental intro. We're not going to get all the way through it, I'm sure, but I, let me read the letter. We're getting ready to release our new single, Full Moon Raging. We're proud of this song. It's really good, by It the is way. good, yes. But we both have other things we're also proud of. Guitarist Glenn has recently learned how to play a fourth chord, <laughs> and drummer Alan can now do ten push-ups in a row. These are glorious times for Norwegian Soft Kitten. From Glenn Burgotz, or Burgetts and Alan Green. As I say, listen to this at the end. Michael, if people like Norwegian Soft Kitten want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyKornizerShow.com. Yeah, the, the first bit of that intro has a lot of explosions in the sky feel to it. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. Good. Are we selling anything that you want to mention? <laughs> We're about to have a new Johnny O code, so once okay. April rolls around, TK Cheese will be available for you over the weekend. TK Jeez. Cheese. <laughs> May your search for 4% large curd ever be in your favor. <laughs> Jason Lockenfora joins us now. I, I wanted to talk about all of the movements in football, the free agent movements, the trading movements. And I wrote down all these questions. And then I read late last night on the crawl that Bruce Arians was stepping away and Todd Bowles was going to be the head coach. And, you know, there's some layers to this. And Bruce Arians is an offensive guy. Tom Brady came back because he liked the offense. Todd Bowles a defensive guy. I don't necessarily know how this works. Um, the offensive coordinator was the – who's the quarterback from it's Howard Byron many years ago? Byron Leftwich. You know, and he's done a really great job with Brady. But uh -huh. this surprised me. Did it surprise you? And, and what, what's the fallout on this? Well, the timing right after a league meeting in which he was, you know, at the coach's breakfast and taking the coach's picture and all that, um, for it to be literally right, you know, less than 24 hours after the yeah. end of a league meeting, that part is odd. But, look, I had heard going into and reported on the NFL Today ahead of the Super Bowl that they won that there were people in Bruce Arians' family who were still kind of thinking retirement was the way to go, and people close to him felt like, especially if you win this Super Bowl, retirement is the way to go. 
given how hard this lifestyle is as being a coach, given that he'd already stepped away from the game years ago for health reasons, given his battles with cancer, um, and just sort of given his age and, and the fact that, that he's not one of these guys who is all ball. You know, he enjoys hanging out with the boys. He enjoys golfing. He, he's a guy who told his coaches – if I see you in here at 8 o'clock in my building on a night your kid's playing a big Little League game, I'm going to throw your ass out of the building. You know, he, mm. he, he wasn't one of these guys who were just navel-gazing football 24-7 and can't, you know, don't have normal relationships and, and can't see the world at large. So, no, I, 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 you know, I thought at any moment going back to, you know, I guess two seasons ago, that if Bruce Arians stepped away, it wouldn't surprise me. Again, this is someone who had already retired. Uh, but again, for it to happen at the end of March, you know, and not, you know, maybe before the combine or maybe right after the combine, he's kind of sitting there saying, man, I don't know if I really want to want to do this again. But the luxury they also have is that, you know, and at the time I reported going to that Super Bowl, if he steps aside, Todd Bowles will be the next head coach of the, of the, the Tampa okay. Bay Buccaneers, and it'll be – done in five seconds. They'll they'll do a new contract, and that's it. So there was a coach in waiting, and there was stability. Um, The fact that Byron Leftwich interviewed for jobs but didn't get any, that, you know, so he's still there, and so you have that relationship with Brady, and you know that Leftwich is an extension of Arian's systems. And look, Tom Brady's got a ton of autonomy anyway. Um, So, no, again, if it had happened – Closer to camp, like I, I kind of felt like he might go. You know, they 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 shut it down in June. The off season program's over. You know, he's visiting relatives back in Pennsylvania. He's hanging out with the boys. He's golfing. You know, and then there's a part of him that says, "Man, I don't. I, I want to keep doing this." You know what I mean? I don't want to go back into that ringer. Uh, he he obviously you know made that decision to transition. Now. Do you think it has any effect on Brady? Does it have any effect on Gronkowski's possible return? Does, no. it, does it have any effect on the offense? Well, look, he's not there, so it's certainly going to have an effect on the offense. I mean, you're not going to have him on the headsets, you know, telling you this, telling you that, steering things in a certain direction, get us into right. this, get us out of that. Byron Leftwich isn't going to have that sounding board. Uh right. But he's going to be in the building with some regularity. He's still within the organization. You know, he'll be, he'll have the year of ownership. He'll have the year of um, GM Jason Light. I think he'll be a conduit for that coaching staff to upper management and advocating for those guys. Um, you know, but I, I mean, Brady's back to try to win a Super Bowl, and Tom Brady's looking at the rest of the NFC and saying, "We still have a really good shot here." Sure. And sure. Gronk is sort of tied to Brady, and I think Brady would look at it as another unique challenge, you know? like So, you know, I did my thing already, like leaving town at 42 and leaving a dynasty and winning a Super Bowl in a pandemic without even really being able to practice with those guys. And then, you know, coming back and getting to the playoffs again and then unretiring and now, you know, winning with a coach who just became the coach in damn near April, I, I, I just, I, I just think it's okay. One more unique thing, you know, in the goat's legacy. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Let's go to the free agency and and trades and stuff, and I'll give you the five big moves I think, and you'll tell me which was the biggest. Okay, Tyreek Hill to Miami, Devontae Adams to Denver, Deshaun Watson 
signed in Cleveland, Matt Ryan, Indianapolis, Von Miller to Buffalo. I guess there's one other, I guess Russell Wilson. So that's six, yeah. Russell Wilson to Denver. What do you think? What's the biggest Russell one to Wilson you? Russell Denver for me is far and away. Is that right? I'd put it, I'd put it in its own class. Um, I, I just, uh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You look at his career numbers. You look at his numbers the last five years. You look at his numbers the last three years. He, he's he, any metric you want to look at. He's the definition of success. He, he's if he's healthy, you're going to win ten games. Um, these Seattle teams have not been very good for a long time in terms of the overall roster construction, the, how balanced they are, or in this case, balanced they're not. Um, it's been a whole lot of do more with less, and especially with that conference and how loaded it is. If Denver didn't have somebody like him, it, 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 you know, I, it could be really ugly there. I mean, if they were trying to compete uh, this year in that division and that conference with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, you might be looking at a four or five win team. Mm-hmm. Um, He's he's going to keep them in contention in that division. He's going to keep them uh, relevant all year long, and they might end up doing some damage. I, I just the quarterback position so influential, and and you know they're going from having dudes there who kind of in the back of their head knew I'm not really like not really one of the you know. 16, 18, 32 best quarterbacks in the league. Like, I, you know, it's, it's just guys who don't have it and will probably never have it. And this guy's got it in bunches. So he's going to make a lot of people better. Um, and, and look, I, I, Deshaun Watson, obviously, what he's, you know, what he had accomplished up until he started getting paid not to play football was pretty special. But yes. I look. He, I don't know, Tony. Maybe I have too much armchair Ziggy Freud in me, but I feel like this guy. I don't know if he wanted to get caught or whatever. Something is badly amiss with sort of his wiring, his decision making to go to the lengths he went to. I think was a cry for help. I think this guy wanted to get caught on a certain subconscious level. And I think now that he's been caught and been exposed and he went from being one of the most celebrated players in the league to someone who's going to be viewed as an absolute, absolute heel, even to some degree in Cleveland, someone who was thought of as, as pure as Cal Ripken, right? I mean, this guy could does ads for milk. He could have done ads for ivory soap. He could have done that. Like he seemed too good to be true. Turns out he was. I don't know what that's going to do to him. I, I, I don't know what that's going to mean for his confidence. I don't know what that's going to mean, even in the locker room. Like, there's going to be dudes, you know what I mean, who are going home having dinner with their wives and daughters. Like, those are going to be some really uncomfortable conversations, and not everybody's going to buy in. And I don't think he did himself any favors at the press conference. And if he's really going to try to, like, do this whole spiel about, you know, believe what your ears hear, but not what your eyes tell you when you read these documents or you read any of these witness statements. Um, I, I don't know that he's got any credibility, and I don't know that he's going to walk back on the field and be the same guy he was. I, I, I don't know. Um, and he's certainly going to miss some football this year, and 
you know, how much remains to be seen. Well, you are you're utterly convinced, as am I, that Roger Goodell will suspend him for X. And we just don't know what yes. X is, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think um, X is within the, you know, I think X is within probably knowing what we know now, and even we don't know that much, but what has been documented, I, I think X is within, you know, one or two games up or down of where that Ben Roethlisberger suspension started, which was six. Okay. All right. Where does, by the way, where does this leave Baker Mayfield once the overall number one pick and somebody yeah. who the assumption was made wrongly um, that he would take Cleveland deep into the playoffs, if not to a Super Bowl? Where does this leave this guy? Well, it leaves him rehabbing on his own for now, which is going to be the case even if they didn't get Deshaun Watson, because, you know, once there was the report, uh, you know, that Cleveland wanted an adult at quarterback at the same time they were pursuing. Uh, you know, someone who at that time was still looking at uh, possible, you know, uh, possible jail time, um, possible indictment yeah. by a grand jury for sexual assault, yeah. sexual misconduct. I mean, right. that was a bridge too far. And the owner, Jimmy Haslam, has denied it's him, but I can tell you everyone in Baker Mayfield's camp believes it came right from Jimmy Haslam. Um, so that was the end of that relationship. And so he wouldn't have been in the building, you know, oh, he got OTAs about to start and spring practices and all that, spring lifting program. He wouldn't have been a part of that anyway. So I think it leaves him where he would have been anyway, which is, you know, rehab and recovery from a fairly significant uh, labrum repair. Uh, could he end up in Seattle ultimately? Maybe, you know, San Francisco, if they get rid of Jimmy G, but feel like they still need an insurance policy for Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Other quarterbacks will get hurt. That's just the reality of football. Um, the owner has got a $250 million payroll right now on a $208 million cap. So he, he's, he projected payroll. So I think carrying you know, Baker Mayfield's cap number isn't killing them right now. I mean, ideally you'd be done with it, but it's not killing them. He gets paid on a weekly basis on the tag. So there's no upfront money. There's no big signing bonus or roster bonus due to him anytime. You know, before the season, so I don't. I don't think it's a, a real burden to them right now. And at some point, they'll get something for him. I suspect they'll have to eat a portion of that contract to get any sort of compensation, the likes of which they want for Baker Mayfield. Um, and we'll see if he can have a redemption tour somewhere else. It's remarkable to me how careers boom yeah. and bust in you know ten seconds. What Life do you think of the new? Fast. Yeah, the new overtime rule. What do you think of the new overtime rule? What do you like it? And then B, what do you think of it only being in the playoffs? Yeah. I don't hate it. I'm fine with it. I think you know. I didn't. I, I wasn't one of these people. I like who the was, old rule. Yeah, I wasn't politicking like they've got to change it. No, some will, some way, somehow they've got to change it. I I could live with it as is. I knew it was not going to pass across the board for regular season and playoffs. There's just not enough demand or inertia like we want to see more week four jacksonville against houston you know play it to the death like I, <laughs> you know i just that's, that's come on but the postseason and you look at the caliber of quarterbacks who are largely advancing beyond that first round which is now watered down but from there on out especially the afc it's going to be big boy quarterback against big boy quarterback so if they're playing a game of anything you can do i can do better why not let them play that game until somebody slips up? And it's great for ratings, and the sponsors love it, and the broadcast partners love it, and the fans love it. 
and it's a minimum sample size. So, and, and in the yeah. playoffs, you could say, oh, well, they played you know, two extra overtime periods, and so that team that won is going to be more tired next week. I mean, okay, but it's one-game seasons. It's not like you know, that happens in week six, and then it happens to a team again in week seven and competitive balance. I, I, you know, I, I get it. Season's end. The whole thing comes down to those plays uh, in the postseason. So they kind of found a happy medium to get uh, a multitude of teams to buy in because, again, as originally proposed, this thing wasn't, didn't have 24 votes. Okay. Plug your radio show for us. Thank you, as always, Tone. You can listen to me ramble and meander from 2 to 6 Eastern Time daily weekdays on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Uh, you could also listen on the Odyssey app, or if you're a streamer, you could stream at www.1057thefan.com. Um, certainly talk a lot of football, talk a lot of baseball. Coach Loxley on the show today, a lot of Terp Spring Day coming up. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've got you covered uh, for your Maryland sports needs. I'll just add this parenthetically. If I was talking to Loxley, who made his reputation not so much as a coach but as a recruiter for yes, years sir. and years and years, I would want to know the, about his thoughts on the transfer portal because it is, to me, it's a revolution in college sports. We've asked really him about is. it. We have him on quite a bit in season, and yeah. we've talked about yes. him can, about it candidly at times. And, yeah. and I really find his stance to be refreshing. He's like, look, does it hurt Mike, Mike Loxley, the coach, at times? Does. But he's like, I can't be Mike Loxley advocate for student-athletes, advocate for these guys when I come into their homes and recruit them and their parents. And then when it behooves me, say, no, you can't have these same freedoms that yeah. I can have to move from team to team to team. So he's like, I get it. He's like, we're going to win some. We're going to lose some. But he's like, that's absolutely positively um, a, a, a sort of mode that these players should have. They, they, they need to have their ability to extricate themselves out of a certain situation or get themselves just to a situation that they think is better. So he's a staunch advocate for it. He should be. All coaches should be. It, it, it's going to help them more than it hurts them. And if it hurts them and hurts them and hurts them, they'll just be out of a job. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. You Talk to you thank soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Have a great thank day. Thanks. Jason Lock and Fora, boys and girls. And there's the dog. <laughs> there's the dog. How great is that? Yes. Um, that's not even my dog. Uh, we'll come back with email and jingle. Great song. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Riverboat Ron says we're going to acquire a quarterback this offseason so all our troubles are over, right? Oh, no, not again, not again, good Lord above. Don't wince me in. <laughs> Commanders picking up a quarterback I truly do not love. Don't wince me in. Not Rogers, not Wilson, not even Drew Brees for twenty-eight million and some draft picks to threes. Been doing this forever, so I'm begging Danny, please don't wince me in. So don't wince me in. Brilliant. Steve Lipton, it's absolutely brilliant, and he writes, there must be a Washington Commanders joke about sending him back from whence he came on the horse or colt he rode in on. At least as far as old guy radio goes, it doesn't get much older than Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters. That's a song called Don't Fence Me In. It's from 70 or 80 years ago. 
It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, let's do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please. Yes, got the bagel sandwiches today. Very happy about that. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com, forward a location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That just about does it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say I thought love was only chewing fairy trails, meant for someone else but not for me. Love was out to get me. That's the way it seemed. Disappointment haunted all my dreams. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer, not a trace of doubt in my mind. I'm in love. I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I tried. That was sung by Davy Jones of the Monkees and written by Neil Diamond, I believe. Yes. I believe he wrote I'm a Believer. Yes. Right? Thanks to I, our... No, he did. I want no. to say, did Mickey Dolan sing Lean I thought that? it was Davy Jones. I could be wrong. Thanks to our guests today, Greg Cody, the Miami Herald, Jason Lock and Forrest, CBS Sports. Thanks as well to today's sponsors, Sunday and in Indochino. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Robert Manley, who works at the Safeway, who promised to get us... Large curd, lucerne, 4% cottage cheese, and Baskin-Robbins coffee ice cream. Good morning, Mr. Tony. After checking with six different local Safeways, none of us have the Baskin-Robbins coffee flavor in our sets anymore, so it very well could be discontinued from Safeway. That's sad news. I have two questions for Mr. Manley. Uh, signature, uh, the Safeway Signature brand of muesli, can't find it anywhere. Really? Uh, we've been searching online. Along with the Faye Total, the... The berry, the raspberry cup that's in the separate uh, container from the yogurt. We can get mixed berry, strawberry, not the raspberry. And Liz puts it on the list every time. Raspberry. She wants raspberry. the raspberry. Raspberry. Come on, Bobby Manley. Help uh, us out. By the way, it was Mickey Dolan's singing. It was Lee not Dave yes. Jones? Yes. And a, a bloke by the name of Al Gorgoni played uh, guitar for that. He also played guitar on a little song called The Sound of Silence in Brown Eyed Girl. Wow. That's <laughs> a pretty wow. good resume. Yeah. From our friend Dave Spector of Bells Up Winery, <clears throat> he writes... Excuse me. I've spent the last few days working on a wine pairing for large curd, 4% cottage cheese. <laughs> Alas, I think you're on your own this time. Let me know what you come up with. On a more positive note, I'm ready to send another box of that your way. But since Michael appears to have moved, I believe the delivery address I have is out of date. If one of you can reach out and let me know where to send the goods, I'll get you restocked. Michael, that's on you. <laughs> we love... Yes. Mr. Spector, yes. and we love Bells Up. I'm yes. keeping the Jupiter. From Jamie Garner <laughs> in Fort Wayne, Indiana. From James Garner, not that James Garner. I go by Jamie. Okay. Some time ago, I heard you introduce a song from Norwegian Soft Kitten and mention one band uh, member named Glenn Burgotz, or Burgetts, it's pronounced. He says Burgetts. I thought to myself, could this be the same Glenn Burgetts that I worked with 20 years ago? Then I remembered the name of the band was Norwegian Soft Kitten, and there was no doubt that this was the same... Glenn Burgetts that I worked for 20 years ago. A quick internet search confirmed my hunch. The next time Norwegian Soft Kitten is in your studio for a recording session, <laughs> tell Glenn that Jamie Garner says hello. I hope that Glenn listens because we played his music today. Yeah. And I hope he hears this from Clay Mason in Frankfort, Kentucky, which I believe is the capital of Kentucky. If you only had a private investigator at your disposal to find out who the three license plates are attached to your toll bill. Oh, wait, you do. You anointed me the official private investigator of the TK show. Just have one of your people contact me, and I will find out who scammed your bill. Oh, and I hate to uncover this rabbit hole, but maybe you should have Nigel or Michael run a credit report for you. I'm sure the Experian, TransUnion, or Equifax websites are beyond you, and I'm not sure they have representatives. Maybe one of you could do that for me. From Derek in Abilene, Kansas. Bonjour, old sport. When you have a moment, can you call the toll folks back and add my plate to your account? <laughs> Kansas, DFL 456. <laughs> Thanks in advance. That's funny. 
From Nick Carrigan in Tustin, California. I listened to the Sunday read on your show recently, and I understand that the ingredients include iron, seaweed, and molasses. If I lay that down in my yard, add some charcoal from the grill, is that how I'll grow steel like potatoes? <laughs> I heard commodities prices are high right now. I'll hang up and listen. These bizarre ones they just make me happy. Mark in Maryland. Regretfully, when I was 12, me and some friends stole $83.75 in quarters from an animal feed vending machine at a local petting zoo. The zoo had just gotten two emus, and we knew there'd be a lot of visitors wanting to feed those things. So we hit it up after a busy weekend. We were semi-inspired by a recent viewing of Ocean's Eleven. Of course, we were found out a few days later, and thankfully the owners allowed us to return the money and do some cleanup at the zoo without getting the authorities involved. The chickens came home to roost, though, when at the age of 24, I was applying for the Baltimore Police Department. I got very far along in the process, but was disqualified when I stated that at age 12, I stole $80 from a vending machine. Apparently, they have a rule you can't have stolen more than $75 in your life. So it goes. Instead, I've worked in finance the last 10 years. <laughs> from Lisa, get over the Dunkin' Donuts coffee ice cream search. I've had the privilege of enjoying Baskin-Robbins ice cream my whole life, and Jamocha Almond Fudge is the only way to go. It's one of top three ice cream flavors of all time. Easy. Just try it and give us a review. You can find two quarts for $10 at a Baskin-Robbins Dunkin' Donuts combo store near you. There is that on the way to Rehoboth. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. On the east side of the highway, there is that combo. And I've always thought, Tony... You dope. Why don't you go in there? And I don't do it. And I drive by, and no one makes a U-turn. Not on the highway. No one makes a U-turn. You should see the line, though. After the morning rush, that place gets packed. Does oh, it? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. From Scott Phelan in Bozeman, Montana. Dear Mr. Tony, please accept this invitation to attend my wedding in Bozeman, Montana. On June 10th, I'll be marrying the lovely Samantha Forrest. She's a doctor, not a doctor like you, an actual doctor. <laughs> you know, the kind of doctor that saves people's lives. So I got that going for me, which is nice. If you did make the trip out to Montana, we would not be able to play the course that Rogers, DeChambeau, Mickelson, and Brady played. I'm not a member, and there's zero chance I could get us on. But we could play the local public course. I could get us onto that course because, well, you know, they let anyone on. P.S. I drive a Subaru. Next year, Subaru releases their first ever all-electric car. You know what's better than driving a Subaru? Driving an all-electric Subaru. And one more from Rod Blackburn. It's brief. I have never had sushi and have no plans to do so. <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Like the mayor of Duncan. I go from Marblehead to Revere. <laughs> He's going to the final four for the 13th time. KRZ, YZE, WSKI. He played point guard for West Point. Under Bobby Knight, KRZ, YZE, WSKI, like Al Capone and Wilbon, a Chicago guy, KRZ, YZE, WSKI, Coach K is easier to say than all those Z's and Y's, KRZ, YZE, WSKI, KRZ, YZE, WSKI, that's Way to spell Shushevsky no lie. How do you make a Tar Heel break down and cry? KRZ, YZE, WSKI. Three times he coached Olympics 
and three times gold his prize. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Hill and Leitner, Hurley, Batty A, his kind of guys. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. He's won five titles, will he win a sixth? He's gonna try. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I That's the way you spell Shushevsky no lie That's the way you spell Shushevsky no lie
Devours. The ravens come for me. 